Righty, righty, righty. There we go. That was uh, Frank Sinatra by Cake off of their Fashion Nugget LP. What do you call things now? Because they're, I guess these, we call things albums, but then we didn't really do albums. We were CDs, but we still just call things CDs. But now they're mostly MP3s. So what's the proper nomenclature? Or you just call it a record or... Just use I the like old the names. pronunciation of nomenclature. I don't think we're going to top that tonight. No. So what is it, though? Do you know? I don't know. What I can say is if I was a musician, I wouldn't be happy growing up in this era. You know? you. But it, yeah, so kind of. But in some ways it's good. In some ways it's not so great. As in, um, if you're good, you can cut out the middleman and go straight to fans. There's a number of musicians, bands, single artists that are making uh, quite a decent living without having to jump through the hoops of the traditional kind of bounds. I think Public Enemy were one of the first bands to embrace that maybe about 20 years ago. But yeah. I know that, you know, when you're, when you're a kid, when you're young, you mock your parents for them no longer knowing who are the pop stars of the day, so to speak. We used to have, and it was probably still on when you first arrived in the country, Top of the Pops here, which, you know, may not have been a great program towards the end, but I think it was cancelled in about 2006. But suddenly, I think regardless of age, it's become a lot harder to know who's who, who's doing what, who the new bands are. You have to make, even though the music is more widely available, you have to make a greater effort to find it. That's what I think. I think the one thing that um, I miss a lot of is, one, when new stuff is coming out by bands that you like, although I know Spotify now has, you know, your new music radar, um, but still, just just hearing that single off of a, a up-and-coming album and being excited about it when it's the whole album's going to come out. So that's gone. And... Um, Album cover art as well. Yeah, and the lyrics on the inside as well, having that sort of aspect of being able to open up and read through the the lyrics. And I think from, and I was just reading about this um, on, I think, uh, stream and something or another it was called. But anyway, they were saying that, and to your point, um, that listen to the whole of the album in terms of the way it's conceived so you'll just go on and pick a song and stream it versus buying the whole album and listening to the whole thing to get the artist um you know the story that they were trying to tell of the whole narrative of the the curated collection of songs that they have on the album but now which could be an effort it could be it was like reading a book i mean even if it's a book that you love there are peaks and troughs within that book there might be a plot line you're not too keen on but you stick with it because you know it's going to be worthwhile sometimes it could take you it could well it could take you a really long time to find some obscure song on the b-side that was never going to be released as a single might be seven or eight minutes long and you think Maybe after a couple of years, wow, I actually like this song. Yeah. It grows on you. We don't have that I think that's the thing that I liked as well, was that what you just said there, that you know, having stuff just kind of grow on you after a while, even if you didn't like it initially, but then it grows on you, doesn't it? And you're like, okay, yeah, because you listen to it a lot. Because it wasn't like like now, you just listen to a song, well, I like that one, and you're off to something else on a whole another album or a whole another band, whereas if you bought an album, chances are you're going to, listen to it a lot over and over because you bought it you spent 13 15 
dollars on this thing. So you're listening to the whole thing repeatedly. Um, and then the songs just kind of grow over you, grow on you after a bit. So yeah, you've got so, the, the the physical album as well. When it when you when you open it up, it might be one of those double albums. In which case, if you were an artist now, you'd be de- uh, denied the opportunity to pose with your guns as you did when you were lining up that first <laughs> song. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can't you, you don't have that. And about and how about music videos? Is they are they still a thing? <laughs> Like MTV was huge. It's like another place for finding music and and uh, seeing who was going to top who on the videos, making the videos. Is that even still a thing? And if it is, why would you, why would you still be making a music video if if we're even asking, is it still a thing? There's clearly an <laughs> there's clearly an issue, isn't isn't there? It's it's the lack of visibility. I think these artists they do lack a visibility now mm. that that they had when. Well, maybe up until 10, 15 years ago. But I tell you what, one of the things that Spotify is just continuing continuing to dominate um, and and tell you what, one of the things that's listened to the whole of the album in terms of the way it's conceived, so you'll just go on and pick a song and stream it versus buying the whole album and listening to the whole thing to get the artist um you know the story that they were trying to tell of the whole narrative of the the curated collection of songs that they have on the album but now which could be an effort it could be it was like reading a book i mean even if it's a book that you love there are peaks and troughs within that book there might be a plot line you're not too keen on but you stick with it because you know it's going to be worthwhile sometimes it could take you it could well it could take you a really long time to find some obscure song on the b-side that was never going to be released as a single might be seven or eight minutes long and you think maybe after a couple of years wow i actually like this song it grows on you we don't have that's the thing that i liked as well was that what you just said there that you know having stuff just kind of grow on you after a while even if you didn't like it initially but then it grows on you doesn't it and you're like okay yeah because you listen to it a lot because it wasn't like like now you just listen to a song well i like that one and you're off to something else on a whole another album or a whole another band whereas if you bought an album chances are you're gonna listen to it a lot over and over because you bought it you spent 13 15 dollars on this thing so you're listening to the whole thing repeatedly um, and then the songs just kind of grow over you grow on you after a bit so yeah you've got so- the, the the physical album as well when it when you when you open it up it might be one of those double albums in which case if you were an artist now you'd be de- uh, denied the opportunity to pose with your guns as you did when you were lining up that first song you know <laughs> yeah absolutely you know you can't you, you don't have that and about and how about music videos is they are they still a thing <laughs> like mtv was huge it's like another place for finding music and and uh seeing who was going to top who on the videos making the videos is that even still a thing and if it is, why would you, why would you still be making a music video if if we're even asking, is it still a thing? There's clearly an <laughs> there's clearly an issue, isn't isn't there? It's it's the lack of visibility. I think these artists they do lack a visibility now mm. that that they had when, well, maybe up until ten fifteen years ago. But I tell you what, one of the things that Spotify is just continuing continuing to dominate, um, and in terms of making the user experience 
on that platform and making you want to stay on the platform um, in terms of, you know, I think the the AI bit that they have is great in terms of, you know, hey, you know, I'm in the mood for some red hot chili pepper like music. So you can do a red hot chili peppers radio and it'll pick songs that are, um, you know, that are in that same kind of genre or mix or a similar sound, uh, but it'll pick from a load of artists on that, which I, I quite dig that. And they have these little videos. I would, I reckon, if they went full up videos of uh, that, would be pretty cool. They now have some songs you play. There is a video kind of going as well, but it's just a looped video. It'd be interesting if they went full hog on that. Oh, you uh, saying on Spotify? Because I've noticed yeah. that. Yeah, That's yeah. what that is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The one thing that I miss about Spotify in the early days. Um, they used to allow people to make third-party apps, which was pretty cool. You got some pretty cool apps. And one of my favorite ones was the uh, listening party one. So you could be on doing what we're doing right now, and people would be in the room, and you vote on the song, and all that kind of stuff. It was quite quite fun, some of the apps they had. But then they then they said, ah, enough of that, and they got rid of all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, it's a, it's a whole other and – then, and now they're wanting to dominate the uh, podcast world as well, aren't they? So – they're kind of locking down the whole sort of podcasting world. Um, so At yeah, least they're, they're not doing it as badly as Apple Podcasts. Those yeah. guys, I mean, they've been the main curators for, what, 15 years now. Yeah. They've been the daddy of it. And they've just, the disdain they have for podcasts, it's only, they've only embraced it reluctantly. And if you're a name, I mean, we've talked about this before, but now they're launching their own subscription service. and yeah. It's just it's, it's it's a bit of a mess at the moment. It is a mess, absolutely. So before I forget, the other night I had an attempted break into not the house but the cars, and okay. I, I don't know if in, you're in a driveway. Are they, yeah. I, I imagine you've got a driveway. Yeah, okay. yeah on a driveway, uh, but we have one of those ring doorbells. Um, and that's how some people don't like them because they're always recording video and they know when you come in and out. But it's about two thirty-seven, and I don't know. Well, I guess I guess because maybe because it's a you know petty crime or whatever. They you know the police don't really do anything because they're quite blatant about it, even though they can clearly see that you know they're being recorded. But they didn't care. They just walked onto the drive, checked both cars to see if they were locked. And then turned and hauled ass. And they, it sounded like they did the whole town because uh, there was lots of people on our little Facebook news and proofs group. I thought about posting it, but you, you, but I thought, nah, I don't, I don't need to do that. So um, you found out, what, in the morning? Yeah. How did you find out? Well, yeah, because everybody was saying we're, we're, the, the town was talking about it. And so the time, yeah, so everybody was checking their ring. And, yeah, sure enough. And some people didn't have their doors locked and... Um, you know, got stuff taken out of their cars and that, but yeah. So how, how does that work? So once you found out that there was an issue in the town overnight, did you check your Yeah, video? they say, you know, two, 237, check your between 140-something and 237 or something like that. Um, so, yeah, then I just went back, had a look, and sure enough, dude comes walking up, got his hoodie on, got his backpack on, <laughs> checks the door, checks the car, uh, the car door on the other one. And then just mosey on down, I guess, to the next set of cars. <laughs> Any damage to the cars? No, no. I mean, they they weren't, you know, they didn't malicious. I think they were just opportunists. It's just like, you know, come. If it's open, take some stuff. If it's not open, just keep going. So they weren't trying to break into stuff. 
They were just looking for opportunities where people didn't lock the car, so it was easy to go in. And, uh, and they're quite clever with these. Tonight, things. obviously. Nah, I don't. I, my car is fine, uh, but I did lose my iPod. I think I said it on this show I lost my my uh, you know one of the the big iPod with all my music on it because it was in the car, and I must have locked, have not locked the door on that one. But again, they, when they went in. Um, they try to make it so that you don't actually realize it. So they don't take everything and they don't make a mess. So it wasn't till a little while at, when I went to go play some music. It's like, damn, where's my iPod at? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So, so they were partially successful? Not for me, not last night. Yeah, no. Okay, no, so the iPod was, was a previous occasion. Yeah, that was ages ago. That was a couple of years back before Ring, pre-Ring doorbell days there's almost some admiration in your voice there when you're talking about how these guys they they're, they're very subtle in the way that they, well, yeah. they go about their thieving <laughs> as if to say this is the way that you would do it it's, well you know why be destructive why make a mess why um you know tune people in so you know yeah just, just do their thing professional come on let's just check let's not get crazy don't get pissed off because the doors are locked just go to the next car um, I remember car crime becoming a real problem in South London, probably around the mid-80s. And in our road, it was a guy that was known as the Mad Ruster, who would go around with a hammer, just smashing cars, no, but see, not taking bad, anything. Because you know, that costs but, but you damage, is, though. Yeah, but when you spoke to him, he was extremely polite or well-spoken. Mm. It was like he'd been to public school. But at night, he was going out. He, he obviously wasn't well. But then... In going into the 90s, it was still going on, and it was always that little side window. Obviously, I'm not a driver, so I don't yeah. know my terminology. But, it, you know, you'd get up in the morning, you'd leave. If you were leaving early for work, you'd always see a break-in, car break-in. Yeah. Was... I had a car stolen once. And, again, the thing that I was pissed off about that was that he smashed the window and broke the uh, drive uh, column, which costs, you know, a lot of money for me to get replaced. I was like, well, damn, you know, you could have just borrowed the car i didn't care even he took all my shit in the end it's just like don't destroy my you know damage the damn thing that i got now fixed how you could have just came and asked can i borrow i'm taking your car give me the key so i don't damage it. and i would have just say here go <laughs> but uh he broke into it smashed the window broke the steering column uh drove it till it ran out of petrol and left it on the side of uh the highway and I get a call from the uh, cops saying, oh, yeah, we got your car. <laughs> that little dog. Yeah. I was, I was, not a, I was upset. I was upset because of the whole window break and smashing thing. But it was a quite the surrealistic thing to come outside um, to go where your car is and just see a pile of glass <laughs> where your car should have been. It's like, God damn. Has anyone been able to identify these guys from the other night? I don't know. I'm probably, I'm sure between all the footage that they're on that somebody's got uh, accurate enough. Oh, they can comp show the show. I mean, they're right on video, so you don't even have to try and do an artist sketch. <laughs> Here they are. Uh, but whether anything comes of it or happens of it or what have you, probably, you know, not. And it's interesting, Postman's relationship to the ring. So some of them hate it. So they, and I, when I look on my the ring thing, they come at it either at an angle or they back into it, but they try and make, they don't want to be seen on the camera, basically, <laughs> uh, their faces anyway. So it's funny watching them, how they come up to the 
uh, to the door, and some people when they knocked and they just turn their turn their back to it so that they're not on it. But yeah, there you have it. It wasn't something that I bought; it was actually a gift. But I like it; it's good. Is it easy to fix to the door? Yeah, yeah, it's just fixed to the outside. It's all good. I was surprised that you know vandals haven't decided. You know what? We're just gonna go smash all the rings. This is cutting into our our business here. <laughs> so let's go destroy them all. Because, I mean, they're just sat right outside. I mean, they'd be vulnerable to vandalism if people wanted to vandalize them. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, I was thinking that I might get a... Um, I want to get, like, something that they could trip the light, but then it starts speaking. Like, I'm going, come out there and kick your ass, boy. Get off away from my car. Or something like that, you know? And uh, be able to capture the look on their face when that happens. Are you, are you the kind of guy, if you saw a, a theft in progress from your driveway you're gonna get dressed before you head out or you're going out in the underwear ah go out in the underwear i don't need to get dressed i even got my baseball bat and everything already right next to the bed so you could get away with a baseball bat because you're an american but the amount of british guys that buy baseball bats we're not a baseball bat country i don't know how (laughs) these are permitted my friend who just moved into a new place about two weeks ago before he bought a kettle he bought a baseball bat because it's the first time he's living alone Ah, okay. We're not a we're not a baseball country. Why are these things sold here? <laughs> They're only sold for one one thing. Really? I had mine with me when we moved over, so it's not a it wasn't a, a purchase for the purpose of using it for other anything other than baseball. I just happened to have it. Was hoping to teach the old boy to play some baseball because, as you said, you guys aren't a baseball country here. So, you know, I was wanting to introduce him to some of the. Um, American sports, anyway. So there you have. Cricket I've bat told is this... better, but the podcast is the cr- cr- cricket bat, bat is better. My, um, I can't see the podcast on here. Yeah, you know, I just posted. I've, I've never, you know, I don't even think I've ever held the uh, cricket bat after travel. I mean, I've seen cricket obviously, but I've never actually picked up a bat and felt its heft and see what it's like to swing. Yeah, I am. Um, I've either told this story on here before or somewhere else, but it was the mid nineties. I was walking home late with a couple of friends and we saw a guy across the road, young guy with a baseball bat, but he also had a baseball ball. And I thought, well, that's clever because if I was walking around the street at night with a baseball bat, I'd have the ball with me as well. It's a better look if I'm stopped. Sure enough, the police stopped him and he started. I remember he started laughing as if to say, ha, oh, these guys, they've got me. And they pulled him up and checked him over. But I thought it was really clever because I doubt he was coming back from a baseball game in London <laughs> at midnight. But, but he had he, the ball to be He legit. had the ball as well. That's okay. the way you've got to do it. And the glove. He had the glove too. Didn't complete the set. Then it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't have the glove. Right. I think that's where he failed. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because the ball would be like, you know, having a, like a mace, but having the ball to throw instead of it being attached to the chain there. But yeah, I'm 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 kind of with the podcast. I've never felt comfortable wielding a baseball bat. I've not held one too often, but I just don't think I'd be coordinated enough to swing that properly. Hmm. And they also seem a little short. You'd want something maybe a bit longer. Yeah, but you can get different size, don't they? So the bat will be based off of your height. So I have different size and weight bats as well. And you got aluminum bat or a wooden bat, so you got you got some choices there. I'd Felix like to have tried, Oscar, um, evening gents, says oh, uh, Mark. Hey, now that we've got a few people on here, let me uh, get some advice because I've not been able to have a coffee this evening. 
with I don't know what the weather's been like up where you are, but we've had about three warm days in a row here. It's like Florida. Right. Now, all my milk expiry dates, I've staggered them. There's no way the milk should be curdling, but I'm fighting a losing battle with the milk. I've normally got my fridge. You've got five settings. I normally have it on two and a half. That doesn't seem to be doing the job today. I'm going, I'm veering from two and a half to four and a half. The milk is curdling. Someone help me out. When the yeah. next song come, comes on, I want to be able to have some milk. Why is that happening if my milk isn't set to expire for another couple of days? I'm buying four pinters. Okay. What's going on with the fridge? Have a think that's about a that. Serious question. Serious question in the chat. Help our man out. See if you can uh, explain this milk phenomenon that's going on. While we go to some Kings of Leon and be somebody. Uh, Kings of Leon, be somebody. Hey, I'm I'm with Mark on the coffee thing. Black coffee is the only way to go. That's the way. That's the way to fly. Well, Black it, coffee. It might be tonight. That that Kings of Leon song. I chose the wrong song. I'm terrible with names. Uh, which one was you after? I can't remember, but it has somebody in the uh, in the title. Uh, I know I what you, I, I've got the, Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Hey, um, I had to. Oh, here we are. I wanted to run this story by you a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about how we, you know, basically we don't like passive smoking, and it was obviously a big problem here before the um, the smoking ban kicked in in 2007, I think it was. And I was reading today that five local authorities have banned smoking in pavement pubs, cafes, and restaurants, and there are others considering following suit. Um, I think none of them, I think they're all up north. Well, one's in Manchester, Northumberland, Durham, North Tyneside, Newcastle. Um, and they're talking about also their concern, because at the moment most people are sitting outside if they're going yeah. out. They're, they're concerned that some ex-smokers now being surrounded by smokers might be tempted to 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 give up the non-smoking and go back to the smoking but it, it's just a lottery it's horrible out there because you know i i you know we we've made life difficult for them they've spent the last 13 14 years <laughs> huddling in doorways now what more you know just leave them be but we're now in a situation where we shouldn't be indoors certainly not in the summer until we've got this thing under control but it means that non-smokers we're sitting at tables, we might be eating, we might be having a coffee or whatever, and the person at the next table is, you know, having yeah, a cigarette. It's just horrible. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, we're all now huddled outside, but not for much. Well, now we can go inside, can't we? Can we go inside now? We can go if inside If it's now. ventilated. I'm yeah. not seeing too many places that are well ventilated, which yeah. is a concern. Because I've been, I've been just back to normal now, you know. I've been... Uh, the last two days, getting ready, doing my ironing, heading out, making my little mug of coffee, heading out into the wild blue yonder in the car, doing a little commute thing, got the music blasting loud, going in, hanging out in the office complex the whole day. Going With your out mask? To, uh, yeah, when, when you walk around, so in this particular place, uh, when you're at your desk or in your little pod thing, uh, you don't have to have your mask on. Uh, when you walk around the building, then you got to have your your mask on, and everybody has to do a, uh, the flow testing and get their temperature taken. On Every their first, day, no, on the first working day of the week, you do your um, you do your flow testing. But every day, do the temp thing. Like a little machine, when you come in, you stick your forehead in there, and it uh, takes your temp and says, "Human How detected." Do you like think that. those flow tests are? Oh, I have no idea, dude. I hate those things. I hate 
sticking the thing on my throat and sticking it up my yeah. nose. Ah, I can't stand it. They gotta come up with a better way, man. Yeah, mm. damn, I hate those things. I can't. Do you stand think? It. Do you think they just had a long day trying loads of different ideas, and at the end of the day, someone suggested that, and they just said, "Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll try it." No one's going to complain. Yeah, about no it. one's going to complain. And the, and the ones that we've got here in the UK, they all come from sort of uh, sort of China, and I think. Yeah, <laughs> Hmm. Now, if I was, you know, wanting to make it so that you guys think you're getting safe, um, <laughs> uh, then you know that's what I would. That's what I would do. So I found that kind of interesting. An interesting. I can handle the nose swab, the throat swab. I can't do it without gagging. No, I can't do it without gagging either. That's the thing. I hate. I can't. Yeah. I don't like it, man. <laughs> I hear, look, Mark, Mark, Mark's saying leave the milk on the top shelf all the way to the back. That's the coldest spot. That is good advice. I'm going to do that with the next song. Because okay. normally I had a look at a few months ago, I started having problems with the fridge and I started having a look at how to lay out your stuff in the fridge. So fruit should be at the bottom, your dairy products, it said, should be at the bottom. But maybe in this weather, Mark's right. Maybe it's got to go top shelf right at the back. Right at the back. See, I don't have that problem because I don't drink milk. Mm. Uh, I have the uh, almond milk is what I have. Podcast uh, is talking about getting Cravendale. Obviously, <laughs> she doesn't know. What, she doesn't really, she can't really relate to the writer's salary. You know, Cravendale is, is that top of the range stuff? milk. Yeah, it's, it's good milk, to be fair. Uh, so, but, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a milk connoisseur because I stay away from the stuff. As what about as in possible. your coffee? Is, is your coffee black? Not always. I, I don't have no sugar, no milk in my coffee, no cream or nothing, just straight black coffee. And it's got to be super strong. Like nobody in the house here can tolerate the coffee that I make because it's just stupid strong. It's just how... What is it with the Americans and cream? When they say cream, do they mean milk or do they mean cream? They mean cream, yeah. you got the powdered okay. cream and then you got that half and half stuff. Um... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't be getting into all of that. Just drink beer. Monica has it right. Just drink beer. Absolutely. Forget all this coffee business. She was trying to make me bad last night. I had, we were doing the um, hip hop one. We were supposed to have some Hennessy, but we just had whiskey. And I just finished my one. And I was like, ah, oh, it's a school night. Can't have any more. And she was egging me on from the chat to drink more. Just drink. I know you can handle your liquor. Just drink more. Yeah. What were you drinking? Whiskey. Uh, yeah, it's just whiskey, in honor of the you know music we were playing. But we didn't get our Hennessy. We we didn't we weren't authentic. We didn't have the Hennessy. I just had some normal old whiskey. It is so. It feels so warm in here today. What, what what's it like where you guys are? Yeah, it was uh, it was warmer yesterday than it is today. Um, yesterday I was sweating buckets. Today it's fine. And it was a bit muggy last night when I was doing the show, sweating to death in here. I had to shut the window because, like you, if I leave it open, then all the traffic. I don't have the, I don't have the fire or the police sirens, but you know, you got the traffic going by, so I do have oh, to shut the window. I had today. I had one of my biggest interviews that took me six months to line up. I'm, I live opposite a vet's. This yappy dog. As soon as the guy <laughs> started the interview, a really yappy dog. One of those little dogs for about fifteen, twenty minutes, just yapping away. I just have to hope this, Mike maybe cut some of that out and yes no two days ago i had seven police sirens during nice. um during an interview you talk about um 
I think you said earlier when your car was, uh, when there was the attempted break-in, uh, alluding to the fact that you, it was it really worth getting the police out? Are these guys going to come out for a supposed a petty theft? Probably not. You just yeah, don't, don't see police will. guys, uh, nah. police guys around here. No, nah, I don't think it for that kind of stuff. Just like, and even like you know, um, and the oh no, you didn't work with me at that place, uh, but I won't name the name of it. But I know, I know the the limit to which they actually won't persecute. So you can steal anything below a certain limit and they just write it off. Um, and then the thieves know this, so they'll go right up to that, the, the, right okay. to the limit and just um, do that because they know that it, nothing's going to happen as long as they stay below that, that uh, limit, which is quite crazy, man. I remember being crushed, having my confidence crushed by the police uh, the year after the... London bombings I I was foolish enough to be walking around with one of those army jackets and I got stopped at Victoria Station and it was three police officers they had a very thorough search <clears throat> I had nothing to nothing to hide no problem they they wrote up whatever they were writing they gave me a form and I was crushed that they described me as medium build rather than slim <laughs> it really I just that that affected me for months right so, yeah. yeah interesting too much full fat coffee at the time, I think. I like uh, what Mark was saying. Americans use so much cream and sugars, uh, coffee flavored milk, and I and I used to be a hundred percent like that. I, I was essentially drinking a milkshake. They used to have so much uh, milk in it and so much sugar, and it was like, mm. but it's when I was doing the um, race, that Kinabalu race uh, in Borneo, and I stopped drinking caffeine altogether. And uh, for months, I had no caffeine. Um, and then after the race, I came back. I didn't drink any caffeine or anything. Um, but then I started back, and I started back with it black for for whatever reason with no sugar. And now I can't drink it with sugar because, in fact, someone gave me a coffee with sugar and I spat it out because it was like, what is this foul, disgusting tasting stuff? It was just, it's like what you guys put butter on your on your bread and your sandwiches, like a ham sandwich. The first time when I was here, and I've been well, hang to on a s- sec. What what do you guys do? Mustard, man. Mustard or no mayonnaise. Butter. No, no, no butter no, on your sandwiches. No butter. I bit into this thing, and I spit it out. I was like, what's wrong with this sandwich? That was my first experience with eating a ham sandwich over here. I spit it right right out onto the floor because <laughs> it was disgusting. It's like, what the hell is this stuff, man? So uh, Monica's saying that uh, Pearl Jam and Kings of Leon are heading to Ohana Festival or beer or both. Um, are you going to the festival? I guess is the question, Monica. Are you going to be going to this festival? And will you be drinking much beer? And how did the studying go last night as well? So there's three questions where you can answer um, in chat. Pearl Jam are still going. They were around the uh, same time as Nirvana, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the old Pearl Jam. I like that, that, that sound. In fact, I was sick. There's, um, there's a song. No, off... I... go on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, it was one of the songs off of the, uh, it was a ten album, um, and I remember being on what we called, uh, well, it was called VD Drive, because uh, it, was, it was outside v- of VD. V- well, yeah, venereal disease drive, but okay. not really. It was Victory Drive, was it? But we. We we named it VD Drive or nicknamed it that because all the soldiers from the base, uh, uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, and all, the road outside the main sort of highway strippy thing was full of 
strip joints and massage parlors and all that kind of stuff. So uh, its nickname was VD Drive. Uh, but I remember going, we were having a little sin night, uh, and I, was, I went in, and I might have to find the song and play it. Um, and the stripper was dancing to one of the songs off that album, and I was just mesmerized by her and that song. And now I can't listen to that song without going back to that place. It was just, it was completely mesmerizing. Um, the whole combination of those, but yeah, it was it was crazy. It was insane. I enjoyed it. Now I got to find the song. And your song that you really wanted from Kings of Leon was "You Somebody, Not Be Somebody." Oh, that's it. Yeah. 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 So many somebodies. Yeah, somebody. Be somebody. Somebody. You somebody. My stream is freezing, so if people see me holding up my phone camera to my screen, it's because I'm going to send those uh, BT guys. Uh, some video footage of the screen on Mixcloud uh, freezing again. Very, very. Uh, Are you freezing up? Frustrating. Yeah, hasn't happened for a while. Let me just send this to these guys. What were you doing in Borneo? That was with the army, yeah. No, no, no. I was a civilian at this time. I was doing a adventure race, ten day adventure race, hardcore stuff. We did three races a day. And we did everything from uh, trail running in the jungle sea kayaking um, and it culminated the very last leg of the race was a race up Mount Kinabalu which is the uh, tallest mountain out in that area um, why do I get the impression that for some reason this was all done barefoot no I wasn't done barefoot man come on I'm hard but not that hard oh, well, and, actually, a loin, and a loincloth yeah no it wasn't it wasn't quite that uh, but it was cool. It was, a, it was a great challenge. Ten days. Um, fantastic. Uh, loved it. And it was one of those things where, um, you know, there's still people who live off the jungle, you know. Their little village is right, and they go to the river and get their water, and, you know, everything comes from uh, the jungle. And we were we had a little camp right near one of the villages like that. It was just a, it was a fantastic um, experience uh, just being out in that sort of space. But Borneo is one of those places and it's probably changed a ton since I did this race. It was, it was just wild enough to be like adventurous, but just civilized enough not to be like you're like cut off from the world. And it was cause there wasn't a lot of tourism at that time. And they were trying to drum up tourism. It was just, you had the place to yourself uh, for the most part. And any of the hotels and stuff that you went to was, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Hey, you're you're an experienced camper, but have you ever been somewhere living in the wild, you know, for a few days in your tent and you're thinking, Christ, this is an atrocious spot that we picked. I can't sleep here. Um, not on my own, but I've been and deployed on my army days in places where um it was I mean, but one of the things that you do, one of the skills I picked up in the army was how to sleep almost under any condition. But I do remember some, you know, spaces where it was just, it was nearly impossible to sleep, but not impossible once you mastered the skill of sleeping. Um, I mean, I've slept in the, out in the rain, in foxholes full of water. Um, I've fallen asleep standing up, I've fallen asleep marching. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I slept under some very extreme conditions. Going off on a slight tangent, a few weeks back we were mentioning those uh, climbers, you know, ha uh, sleeping in those hammocks that are hammered into the uh, into the rock face. 
Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 I remember. I was thinking, whoever designed those, the first guy, the, the pioneer, how did he convince people? How did he convince himself that this thing could work, that this thing would be safe? Because it's just, it's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. No, I, I'm, a lot of those things I look at, like I look at these guys, I don't know if you're on Twitter, uh, on Twitter, but on Instagram, if you, uh, there's a channel called Nothing But Jumping. And if you look at some of the in- extreme, crazy-ass things people do in terms of flips and jumps, and I think at some point you had to have been a beginner, like you've never done it before. How many falls do you have to do before you get that kind of confidence that you could be on a giant, uh, you know, something that's, you know, two, three hundred feet up in the air and it's a little ledge and you're doing a a, a flip on it or you're, you're doing something just ridiculously crazy. But how, when when does where does the confidence come from to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to go for it, I'm going to do this thing, or even free climbing. I remember rock climbing once and me and my friend, my climbing partner at the time, and we were struggling up this bit of, of, of rock, you know, and we're all roped in and thing, and it was a hard climb. And then when we got back down to the bottom and we were collecting up our gear, some real tall, lanky dude came right next to us, looked at, you know, he looked up, and he had no rope, no, no, he, had, he did have a, a chalk bag, but that was it. And he just went... He had, he had a what? A chalk bag? Yeah, because, you, you know, chalk your hands. Yeah, chalk, okay, I thought yeah. that's what you said, yeah. But yeah, don't, you know... We just struggled up this thing, roped it, and carabiners, the whole works, all of it. And he just comes, eyes it for a couple of seconds, and then straight up like a flipping mountain goat. I was like, oh, man, I'm you hanging know, up my climbing boots. I'm, I've never really been into any of those, certainly not the extreme sports and things like skateboarding and that, not for me. But one thing I always, if I could have done it, I'd like to have tried it because I think it looks brilliant. Is it uh, the free running? those guys it's got a weird name oh, i was just about reading the, um, about today the uh not the french thing podcast. yeah 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 no that's uh, pretty cool yeah i like oh, that i think it's incredible and they can find the smallest thing the, the smallest mound on the pavement and turn it into a spectacular jump yeah, just, and, and make it look beautiful it's it's, it's just an, an incredible thing <laughs> you, you, when, when you see that you think okay I could see that as something that way back in his early days, Bruce Wayne might have done to lead into progress to being Batman. Because recently I found myself thinking about Batman and what he actually did. Because I remember reading years ago when I was heavily into the Batman in in my late teens, early 20s, that Batman was the believable superhero. He wasn't Superman. Yeah, because he wasn't was super, ridiculous. He just had lots of money, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> By the suits but, and but like you know, he was, he was swinging from tall building to tall building it's not possible with those high winds you cannot do that yeah i don't know know. it's seeing some of the stuff that these guys are doing uh uh, i don't know i think maybe so (laughs) and have you seen that new uh swimming pool uh it was on bbc news uh somewhere down in your neck of the woods yeah 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 five five minutes from where my friend lived is it when i first read that i thought that's never happening it's happening there's a sound London blogger who posted a picture of it. I a seen few it on the news. Ago. They were and the helicopter they, was flying around it. Yeah, they finally <laughs> went for it. They they have ruined that area. I, I I keep saying that I think architects, not this generation, maybe a couple of generations on, that there will be a generation of architects who will look upon this period of um, 
architecture in London, you know, particularly around the riverside, as just one of vandalism because uh, so many historical buildings have. And does your friend live in this building? Can you go for a swim? No, he's lit. He he's moved now, but he is the one who who I remember coined the mem- memorable line. Even he said because he's lived there all his life, and as these tall buildings began to surround him ten years ago. He said, "There's a party, and we're not, inv- and we're not invited." Not invited. And he, he was right. Every view of the riverside has been blocked off. It's right. it's incredible what they've done. There are maybe half a dozen buildings that do take your breath away. The American Embassy has had a lot of stick. The new American Embassy. I actually think it's one of the nicest buildings that have come to the area in the last ten years. I think it's a really nice building, but there are just so many ugly <laughs> um, blocks. And that's why it's got its name, Dubai on the Thames, you know. And it actually reminds me of Benidorm. And, right. you know, in, you've got Benidorm. You've got old Benidorm, which is lovely, but it's overlooked. It's overshadowed by new Benidorm, which is just so crass. And Vauxhall and Nine Elms, it looks like new Benidorm. It's just money, money, money. And I never thought I would live to see, and I, I say this in all seriousness, the gay community priced out a living in Vauxhall, but that's what's happening. Yeah. And for that community to be squeezed out when they have money, says something but that's now speaking of superheroes i was wondering the other day about you and monica's origin story how did you guys meet because she's from los angeles right here how did that happen what's the origin story there i think there was a there was well i think it might have been a friend of monica's that i well i didn't know her but i knew her through a guy that i was working with on an evening shift somewhere an absolute rogue um but monica and i have been friends now for about 15 years and if you actually ask me even though she's not a londoner i would say she's more of a londoner than most londoners i know because she's obsessed with london okay and and, but also and we were talking about this a couple of nights ago she's from california but she's got a bronx accent I, i kid you not i don't know what a californian accent (laughs) sounds like but even she says that she gets mistaken for someone from the Bronx, which yeah, right. is uh, really weird. But I think it's, uh, she's got the Mexican family. She's Californian, but she's got a fair amount of family here in London okay. and is obsessed with London yeah, and I Europe. I was thinking about it the other day, what, what you guys' origin story, because what, you know, what brings people together, I guess, but can't be any crazier than, you know, how you and I came together. <laughs> Look at us now. <laughs> what in the hell is going on? But I'm going to play I'm, this song from... Uh, I'm going to change the milk change the allocation. Milk. And I'm going to play uh, Pearl Jam, this, this song, Black, this, the one that mesmerized me. or this. What stripper. year is this from, early 90s? Or? Uh, yeah. Um, and she, yeah, completely mesmerized by this, this song and her. But here we go, Black. Uh, a lot of people are uh, grooving to the old uh, Pearl Jam uh, 10. This album was... Uh, yeah, a staple, it looks like, in the chat. Absolutely. That's the first time I've heard that. I've only heard half of it, and it really sounded very good. And yeah, I wasn't so a Pearl nice Jam guy. Yeah, I did go Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder. Vedder, I like some of his stuff that he's done on his own as well. Um, yeah, no, good stuff. And are you taking part in Audio Mo this month? The 30 no, day. No. Challenge, I didn't even yeah. I hadn't even heard of it until I saw your stuff the yeah. other day. You've been doing it for a long time though. Yeah, I've been nearly since the beginning. It's been going eleven years now, so 
Um, it's a good one. If anybody listening, you're into audio or podcasting and that kind of stuff, it's a, a nice little community of uh, folks who love the medium of audio. And the idea is to post a piece of audio for the month of June, basically. So 30-day challenge. How has that changed in the 10, 11 years you've been doing it? How has it changed? Yeah. I mean, I take it it must be a, a much bigger thing now. But what was it like in the early days? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's it's come and gone over the years, I think. I think there's been years when there's loads of people involved. In fact, in the earlier days, there was probably more involved because we had audio boo as a platform before it, before it changed because it was free. Everybody could be there and posted it, and it kind of just took place there. And now... Um, there doesn't seem to be that kind of a platform. So, as, I mean, if you're following that that hashtag audio uh, audio mo, people are posting audio all over the place. So the only thing that actually brings the community together is Twitter under that hashtag. Whereas before we were all on one platform, um, and it, it existed there. So yeah, I think that's one of the big things. But there's also lots of different choice in terms of. Uh, you know, some people are doing SoundCloud or just doing straight to Twitter or uh, Backpack Studio. So loads of options in terms of how you can make audio and post it. So SoundCloud have sort of stagnated the last two or three years. They could have been much bigger than, than yeah. they are, I think. You, I, you, you stick audio in SoundCloud and it just disappears. Yeah. I used to be into old SoundCloud, but then, yeah, like you said, it kind of... It kind of morphed. Well, I don't know. It just kind of seemed to just lose something. I don't know what it lost, but it lost something. So I kind of, I kind of jumped ship from the old sound, sound cloud. Oh, I know what I was going to say before I forget because we just, I just mentioned a hashtag, and I noticed that your boy uh, Bodie here, <laughs> Bo Bodie, has his own hashtag. What's that about? Oh, is, it, is that what he put his hashtag? Because I call him Bodie. He's is put it, hashtag that, Bodie. Um, that's like right it. at the beginning, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Bodie, yes. <laughs> I like it. Good man. Hashtag Bodie. Keep it. Keep it going. I like it. I'll, I'll start using it on Twitter as well. <laughs> I dig. Um, so, yes, um, I don't even know where the hell we were going to go to next. So. The people that are coming into podcasting now, just just say the the amateur podcasters let's say they, they're just making something in their bedrooms as, as we were 10 11 12 years ago but are they making audio for different reasons to what we were making it i'm not saying that our reasons were more valid i'm just saying are these people coming in with a very certain idea of where it is they want to get to with their audio whereas maybe i don't know it was a bit more innocent you know, the late noughties, yeah, uh, early 2010s. I think mostly it, it starts like with all of it, isn't it? You go on to it. It was something, you know, if you liked radio and stuff like that, here is an opportunity to, you know, and you don't like writing, speak, prefer speaking. It just gave people who are more audio in, inclined an avenue to which they could um, post stuff. So when it got... When it became easier to, because it used to be back in the days, even before when we kind of started, you know, getting your audio online and streamed online wasn't that easy necessarily. I mean, you had to make an MP3, and then you had to put the MP3 on your website, and then it would kind of play through the browser. There wasn't that many places to 
that made it easy to stream audio. But as that got better, I think it just opened up the space for people who like, who would rather speak uh, than write, and who would rather, you know, carry on and tell stories via the audio medium versus telling it on the video because they don't like, you know, doing the video stuff. So I think it just created that that kind of space. I think it died a death for a little bit because nobody could figure out how to monetize it. Um, so it never grew like video did. But then the moment someone sussed how to monetize it, and now we've got this big boom of podcasts because now everybody is wanting to podcast, make money from my podcast, blah, blah, blah. So once that formula was was licked, um, then it opened up the gateway for a lot of other stuff. Certainly, I think here in the UK, I think a big turning point for podcasting, uh, a big early turning point was when Channel 4 Radio didn't come off. It was something that was being mooted for about three or four years. It died a really long death. It fell away, I think, through a lack of funding, but they didn't confirm that they were killing it off. And then I think for people like me who'd already um, had limited experience of BBC Radio but felt that their natural home might be elsewhere that was a real blow and I think that was the moment for me where I thought I've got to learn how to podcast because that's going to be for me and I think there were quite a few people like me in those days who got into podcasting as a way of either trying to get into radio or back into radio saw it Mm. as a similar thing almost like a Uh, Like the difference between boxing in the amateurs and then boxing as a professional, both things are slightly different. And um, because I remember when Live Three Six Five first came out, that was the first time it made something like this, like Mixcloud, as in you could um, you could create an internet radio station, and they took care of all the licenses and all that kind of stuff. But you could live out that fantasy, and then it went bust. But someone bought it. A kid bought it. There was it. a guy. I'm thinking of Comedy Three Six Five, which no. is a guy in London, Brian Luff, who's still doing it. He's been doing it now 15, 16 years. I think they ran into trouble at some point, copyright issues. But and he had a basically an internet station with loads of different comedy on it and some really, really good shows. Yeah. That was around 2005, 2006, and I was just thinking, this is brilliant. Yeah. And Live 365 so has made a, a comeback in terms of a uh, 26-year-old kid bought it and kind of turned it around, and now they're you know, out doing their things. But it's quite pricey um, on it. And then there's a ton of, there's just a ton of stuff that, in terms of this internet radio platforms, there's so much um, stuff out. But I cracked the code. So if anybody's out there thinking about how want to start an internet radio station, I can save you a ton of money um, because I found the platform that costs like nothing. The actual piece of software is open software, but all these other places have just put a shell over the top of it and charging people a fortune for it. And how they got away with it? Because you can. They just put some stuff on the top and add a, you know, I mean, because it's open source, you can, you know, you can, you know, it's not, they're not stealing anything from anybody. There's part from the people who, <laughs> that they're ripping off. <laughs> and how have yeah. you cracked the code then? Well, cause I just like doing my research on that. Cause I was, I was looking at it and I was like, I don't want to pay all this money that these cats. So I'm like, well, and then as I was looking at it, I noticed that a lot of the platforms, the commercial platforms and quotation marks, all look kind of similar to back office. But I was like, hmm, so what's going on here? And then just through digging, then I actually found the actual 
piece of code um, that allows this thing to be possible and then which these guys sort of build their stuff on top of and then charge. But to be fair, they also host stuff. So some of the cost is in the hosting of your audio files and the like, but um, the actual piece of software that allows for the uh, technology for that to happen is actually relatively inexpensive. And if you have your own server, it can cost you nothing apart from whatever you're paying for your server. So there you have it. I'm just uh, reading up on milk storage. There's a, there's a guy milk who's storage. saying <laughs> you have to take refrigeration seriously. Um, learning how to store milk correctly will keep you from accidentally getting sick. But he's talking about how your fridge seems to know Are you on the what internet? the weather's Looking like. On the internet. Yeah, this guy, um, where is he? Um, so the coldest part of your fridge is the bottom shelf all the way in the back doesn't seem to be the case with my fridge yeah but um <laughs> it's just killing me this it's killing me this it's it's why is just it happening because i out milk but i buy four pints of milk Forget it saves it. me Listen, money it saves me trouble what this stuff's going to waste if you want to put something in it and then I you try can, that stuff i don't yeah, then you don't have milk. to put it in the fridge <laughs> or just drink your coffee without milk and by the way do i have the guns properly framed in, uh, oh yes you do. Do you want okay, me to good. do you want me to take a, a shot of those? You yeah. look like you're on steroids. Yeah, there you go. Get the shot. Gotta... I've noticed that your tops are getting tighter and the sleeves are getting shorter. Have you got Mrs. Lowe cutting the sleeves no, before man, you come I've on just a been show? Hitting the gym. We've been pumping out iron and I'm full of creatine as well. It's creatine <laughs> steroid case clay. That tattoo on your uh, that would be your right arm. Is that a picture of me? Yeah, that's you. <laughs> It was meant to, this is one of these things. Oh, here's another top tip. If you're going to go get a tattoo, make sure you explain to the guy you want your tattoo to be exactly how he has it in the picture. Because um, I like the Tasmanian devil, but most people think that's a Ninja Turtle. I can't say, you're going to have to lift it up uh, a bit more. Oh, yeah, you want to see the guns a bit more. Yeah, just get, gun. get, gu get the guns out. Um, there he is. So it's meant to be a Tasmanian devil. But yeah. most people think it's a Ninja Turtle. Um, and it looks I, like the Tasmanian Devil to me. Sorry? It looks like the Tasmanian Does Devil it? to yeah, me. Yeah, but some people say, what is that, a Ninja Turtle? Because he's green. Anyway, my I went, say, yep, yeah, give me that one because it's a Tasmanian Devil lifting weights. Um, and I'm there, I do my thing. Then I get up and I look in the mirror and he's, he's green. But it's like, and he's like, well, because he got brown skin, I thought it would be better to make him green. But he never asked. He never asked me if I wanted a green, but, you know, you can't do anything about that. I get up and I've got a, a green Ninja Turtle. I would have been okay if he had said, you know, hey, you know, you got brown skin, blah, blah, blah. So let's use a different color so, you know, the Taz is in there. Because I would have been happy, you know, if he just did the outline and the red and the yellow and just have my natural skin color the uh, uh, Tasmanian Devil. Yeah. The... The thing See, about yes, tattoos, saying she saw a turtle as well. Uh, to me, it looked like the Tasmanian devil. But the thing about tattoos is, I mean, the clever thing about that one, now, I'm not a fan of uh, tattoos. I was discussing this with the podcast today. But I think the trick for people these days with tattoos is to find, and I think your one ticks the box there, to find a design that's going to be timeless. If you're going for the designs, like even tattoo sleeves now look dated. Right. And, you know, they've been around for for maybe 10 years. They start, they, they became a thing. But now I think they're on the downward curve. So you see people with uh, 
um, sleeves and you think oh, that looks really dated and you can also guess their approximate age and the tattoo that always looked to me really vulgar as a kid the one you know your parents would tell you to cross the road if you saw the person coming across the road with uh, tattoos on the inside of their forearms okay. that right now is looking like the most timeless tattoo it's suddenly i like this becoming a forearm thing. i want to get that's for my next tattoo i want to get along the forearm i just haven't decided what i want to have i got one on on my on the wrist here underneath there so i've got one there where underneath the watch um, that says suffer for your art um and then my very first one was a was a dagger so it's a really tiny one because i wasn't sure about tattoos um but then i got that's so i got that but then once i got that one i was like oh yeah give me some more but yeah i want to get one on the forearm so when anybody got any ideas together, what i should get i'll crowdsource it well you got another one on that arm what's that one there's a dagger on the other arm. Oh, that's a da yeah, uh, I dagger. I thought that was on your forearm, the dagger. No, no, um, no, dagger. There was a guy, when we worked together, there was a guy who worked in the boots next to our building. And I'd go in there for, you know, I'd go in there to get my sandwich, uh, usually about uh, 1,500 hours when they're reduced to clear. And he'd be manning the self-checkout in winter. They'd have the doors open. He'd be in a shirt and he had a tattoo sleeve. He was about maybe 25 tops. Uh, and he'd roll the sleeve up, the shirt sleeve up, to expose the sleeve. And I'd be looking at this guy, and I'd be thinking, you're working in a shop, in boots. You're, you're, you're supervising the self-checkouts. Yeah. And you've got this design. You're not, a, you're not on a stage. You're not, in, <laughs> you're not an entertainer. What are you doing with this thing? And I, I think that the ex explosion of tattoos is down to the fact that we can now film everything photograph everything and you can have these things seen when we didn't so have is this, this a, is there an explosion of tattoos do you think I mean, well i think yeah, yeah yeah since since the 90s i right. think um and i actually and again i was saying this to the podcast today i actually think that it's actually cooler not to have a tattoo these days. That's the true originality, to have unmarked mm. flesh. I think it's a really tribal thing <laughs> to have a tattoo. It has become a tribal thing. And you can tell people's ages, usually, through a tattoo. The, 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 the guys of our age who started getting tattoos when they became a thing in the sort of mid-90s, the Celtic designs and the armbands, right. that's uh, very mid-90s. So when you got stuff that was trendy, I guess you can tell what was in trend. Yeah, back yeah. There. Yeah. Because I'm quite into, you know, find a thing that, like, which is why it's taking me so long to get this one that's going to go on the forearm because I want something, um, you know, that, well, it wouldn't be anything that's trendy, but just something that has uh, meaning to me. I'm trying to look like, i got to get myself back to, I do, like, on our picture there, the guy pushing that rock up, Sisyphus. Um, that's the, that's the, that's why I've been in the gym getting hinch. Anyway, but but you'd need to find a designer who can. I'm looking at the picture here on the mixed cloud thing. You're talking about this guy rolling the rock up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's long. the you body shape get, I'm getting going. Yeah, on. you need to find a guy who can, um, who who can pull off that you know muscular buttocks that guy's got. <laughs> you and the buttocks. Here you go again. Well, it's you're there. It's there. You've got, it, you've got it. On the, you've got it on the. You've You've got it on the screen. Is that what you're aiming for? Is this what you're aiming for? And with your lower body. Yeah, I'm gonna go get the whole hint thing going on. Get it, get that back into play here. Let's get, <laughs> let's get another song on. Um, and then I've just thought out to the chat. Crowdsource my next tattoo. What tattoo should I get? Uh, any ideas are welcome. While we're playing "Seagull" by Living Hour. All right, "Seagull" 
Living Hours. So, yes, what's this deal with you uh, not even sticking around for your own songs, man? What's going well, on? Well, I'm checking on the milk. It's uh, that, that fridge is just a mess. I don't know what's going on. It's a real concern. I hope it's not something else that needs to be Do you need a new fridge? Replaced. Well, I've already uh, got uh, 400 pounds I've got to spend next week on one repair. I hope I don't have to spend more. Get a more. fridge as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you might it might be time, man. It might be time for a, a new fridge. And you should you get a smart man... fridge. Get a smart fridge. Get one that you can that nah. speaks to you, nah. that knows what the contents of your refrigerator is, that orders when you nah. get low. There you go. I can see you at one of those. Come on, make your life easy. You know the man. The man this week has had me on all fours, waist height. And he's also had his hand on the back of my head, and he's just been holding it there. That that's been the week. Oh, nice! So the, the that's man's been the been week. On your back, has he? Yeah. The morning the morning started early with a contractor coming in. At least he wore his mask properly. But you just think, man, this is. I notice people are getting lax now because being out, um, like my gym, for instance, when they first opened up April twelfth or whatever, you know, they were on the money we're having the disinfectant and the towel so that as soon as you get done you can wipe the machines down um and now they don't even bother replacing the the paper towels or, or are you still doing the wiping down there's nothing to wipe it down with that's <laughs> <laughs> what i'm saying they just gotten really relaxed they gone from you know as soon as it even looked like you were going to run out they were replacing um the stuff and then a place i was at today I had to go find someone to get, you know, this, they used to be like right on it with this, you know, having the, the soap and all that kind of stuff um, in the, in the, in the, in the toilets. Um, but they didn't have any. I was like, I had to go find, you know, I was like, come on, man, what is this? You know, you're going from being over vigilant to now just being completely lax about the gig, uh, which is not good. You know, we, we're nearly on the other side of this thing. We can't, can't backslide now, man. Come on. We've got to get these people. Uh, how big are you intending up. for those guns to get? Um, huge. I'm gonna, okay. I want to replace the whole wardrobe again. Like this shirt's getting a bit tight. So I have to. Get, well, yeah, I, I, I could have told get, you that. I want to, but I need Starting some, to look like a Marvel super. I gotta, I can make my boobs dance. Watch. Boom, 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 boom. So I want to get, <laughs> so when I, you know, yeah. So my theory here is that, you know, you can eat and get the old spare tire, but so I need to get even broader so it still looks like I have a V. <laughs> so if I just make everything go that way, then, the, you know, and then the waist stays how it is and I'll have my V back just by virtue of getting broader. But, I mean, what can you do with that to to, to, to have guns that big? What, what What is the point unless you're entering some contests? It's just it's, it's what is it it's just for show well, i think the point is for me is i'm not actually doing bodybuilding i'm more into the just sort of you know seeing how much i can lift so it's more strength training that i'm into the size is just a byproduct of the fact that i'm lifting heavy weight so but it doesn't make you fitter does it it makes you stronger but it doesn't necessarily it makes fitter. you fitter as well really you could actually run pulling that kind of weight yeah absolutely yeah yeah, I've I've never had a. I mean, I'm not going to be you know breaking the four minute mile mark on it, but you know, at the height of my days, at the height of being as big or bigger than I am now, was running easy, twelve, twelve and a half minute 
two-mile run, so six, six, six and a six to six and a half-minute mile pace. So this has been triggered by this competition that you've entered, which is around August time. This um, not necessarily triggered by that. I think triggered by the fact that I'd been doing when the pandemic hit. I've just been doing the whole sort of uh, you know the old um, backyard stuff, sandbags, kettlebells, that kind of stuff that I got in my garage. Um, so I've just went a whole year without lifting weights. And you got to remember, I've been into weightlifting since I was like 13. It's been my, my thing. Um, so I missed a whole year of lifting. Um, so I was like, ah, I got to get back in. So the 175 just gave me a goal to work towards getting back up to par again. You think you're going to surpass the 175, though? I do, I do need to get past the 175. When I f finished before the pandemic, once I started, I was at, at that exact weight, so I need to go beyond that. So I need to bust 500 pounds, um, and then I'll be... Then I can retire if I get my, my bench to 500, then, then I can retire. If you're going to be getting this, uh, this tattoo on the forearm... Yeah, yeah. Is it on the forearm? Yeah. Do you have to take... Does the fact that you might be getting bigger, That does it alter the kind of design that you might be able to get? Um, I don't think it alters it, but one of the things I did notice, and again, just a bad tattoo is... Because um, like my tattoo on my wrist, he made the letters too close together. And so once you start moving and growing and stuff, they kind of, you can't actually read them. So you didn't give enough space between the things to sort of breathe. <laughs> so what does it say now? What, what does it look like now? Now it looks like I've got some kind of calligraphy thing written in Egyptian or something or another. So um, Was this so, the same guy as the guy that nah, did the devil? No, different dude. <laughs> the dude the devil was in Georgia in the States. The person that did the wrist was somewhere up north, I think. I was somewhere near Leeds, somewhere, just on the whim. That's how I do these things sometimes. I was just walking by. It was a tattoo shop. I was like, ah, ah about to do another tattoo. Walked in, <laughs> got another tattoo. That's how I, my, my first bungee jump was that way, which is just insane in a sense. Um, I was on a Canadian border driving back from Canada, and I seen this crane in the field. Um, and had the bungee hanging on. There was no other people. There was like it was not like I was watching a crowd of people jumping. It was just a dude with a crane with a piece of rubber band hanging down. Said bungee this way, and I was like, okay, shit, why not? I never bungee before. <laughs> Pulled up um, to this site, and you know, get up to the top of this thing, and just trusting, completely trusting that this guy one knew what he was doing, um, and he was like, oh, do you want to? Um, dip your head in the water because it was a it was we were bungeeing well, over. A... Hang on, so you know when you've got these bungee jumps going yeah. over the water, do they actually give the jumper a, a choice of whether they want their head to touch the surface yeah, yeah. of the no, water? Did. Said, oh, I didn't you, know that. Yeah, and no, I said, do you want to you want to touch the water or not? And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, why not go for it? Um, and then yeah, then they strapped me up. And I tell you what, I found bungee jumping harder than skydiving. How so? Because on the skydive, you don't have any depth perception. So when you look out at a plane, it's like looking down at the floor. So you don't. Oh, yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah so yeah. you don't have that natural hesitation with the bungee jumping. It was a natural, like the body was like, this is unnatural. 
there's no way I'm jumping off this thing. So the body's fighting you, but it didn't fight in the airplane. It was just like, okay. I still don't quite get the difference, though. You're still high up. Yeah, but you can't tell. You know logically that you're high up, but your body doesn't react because it, it doesn't get the, the spider senses in the body doesn't start tingling like if you were standing on the roof or standing on a bungee. It's like your body's trying to protect you because it's like, no. Nobody, you ain't surviving this if you're going to go jumping off of the thing. So it doesn't want to jump. Do they take into account like height and weight when they're tying this rope yeah. around your yeah. ankles? Is it yeah. just around your ankles? If you ever do bungee jumping, make sure you do do the one where they tie it around your ankles because some do it around your harness across the top, which is you lose limbs when you do it that way because um, your arm can get caught in the rubber band and all that other jazz, which is not a good thing. Uh, but the feet one, yeah, good. And it's that feeling of, is this thing actually going to work as you're watching the water or the pavement coming up really fast? You're thinking, holy shit, what have I done? And it's too late then, isn't it? Once you jump what off it, the platform, it's too late. But what impact does it have, for example, on your teeth? Uh, I, I remember an old classmate doing one, and I think he said his eyes were bloodshot for a couple of weeks. Really? I, I would imagine that the force that you're, you're going down at would surely impact on, on your teeth. Because, you know, if you, if you jump from a bridge into the water, depending mm. what height you uh, what height you're jumping from, it can be like hidden concrete. So yeah. you're going down at the same pace. You're just not making that final contact, but you're still going down with force. Yeah, no, I don't think it, it didn't bother my teeth. When I was had my one skydive videotaped, you can see your cheeks are flapping. They're going, okay. blah, 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 blah. but yeah, it doesn't, you don't feel the hurt of the wind or anything like that. At least I didn't anyway. Um, the, the worst thing is in that the one bungee that I did where they did the harness, you, you got jerked around and you're like, you could feel all of that shock in the body of the thing. But with the feet, it was just a, you just suddenly, you know, gradually slowing down, I guess. So then you just gently touch the water and you're up. So it's not a, it's not as hard on the body from that end. But yeah, mm, I haven't skydived in ages. Well, I haven't. I stopped skydiving once I came here because you guys one don't have the weather for it, and I guess two, I just got other interest. I dabbled in some other stuff. <laughs> Yeah. How would you feel if you were to do another skydive now after such a long time? Do you think your nerve would hold? Would you have to rebuild your nerve? No, I don't think I'd have to rebuild my nerve. I don't really care much about life. So <laughs> just, jump, just jump, what the hell, I don't care. Um, yeah, I don't think it would be a problem. Um, I still, well, I haven't, actually, actually I, haven't, I haven't done a lot of it. it so, I mean, I was a huge adrenaline junkie for a long time. Um, doing a whole sort of extreme sports. I haven't done much of that in ages now. I've been too busy focusing on podcasts and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I was big into mountain biking and crashing down these big mountains on that, rock climbing, um, scuba diving. Yeah, you name it, man. I was in it. It was all over it. Yeah, my problem, well, with snorkeling, albeit to a, a decent level, was as soon as I sighted anything underwater, I was just back to the shore. I'm just really, really uh, yeah. I always have this feeling when you're there, like um, that something from the deep is just going to come and think you're food mm. and try and, uh, yeah, because that was the cool thing I think about scuba diving is like land animals are weary of humans, like they run from you and stuff. Whereas fish just treat you as another fish, so they swim with you and along you, 
And I remember scuba diving, I think it was in Egypt, and the one fish cleaning your ears, you know, they're like going really? in and out of your ear. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, did, how did that feel? Well, just it was ticklish. weird. Well, I was, now it was like, you know, just like a little prick. It didn't hurt, but, you know, just imagine this thing's eating the bacteria off the hair in your so ears. So you, you technically had your own uh, pilot fish. Yeah. Like one of them what, sharks yeah. just being <laughs> exactly. followed around. That's what it was. But they were darting in and out of my ears. I was like, what the hell is going on? The first time it happened, it was like quite freaky, but... But I like it. Cause and then the just... other pilot fish said, no, mate, you got the wrong one. Check out the buttocks. <laughs> That's it. Check out the buttocks. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's get, um, let's get one more song in here before we get ready to wind this here thing down. This is uh, one from Blind Melon and Toes Across the Floor. All right, Blind Melon, Toes Across the Floor. Okay, so hmm, here we are. Coming to the conclusion of another Thursday night. How are you liking the Thursday night? Uh, well, format's the same, but just having switched days. How's that working out for you? For me, um, I like I like the Friday night. I like uh, Friday night being a bit less intense. We seem to get bigger numbers on a Thursday as well. So I think your theory of Thursdays being a better night is so far borne out to be to be true yeah yeah people aren't like uh getting ready for their weekend plans and going on their trips and cookouts and stuff like that which i guess they'd be doing on a friday i've tried uh, to make night. a bit of an effort i made an effort last friday to try and switch off and watch something on netflix i had to dig around again but i i started watching the uh, the Son of Sam series. What's yeah. his name again? Berkowitz. Berkowitz. Uh, you guys had some incredible serial killers in the 60s and 70s, didn't you? Mm, it's crazy. You know I mean? That whole serial killing thing just, well, you just, I don't know. It's like what, it's like what is inside that a person's head that's in that kind of space? Like, like how are they viewing the world? Um but then at the other side of that, as in, you know, is what they're doing made wrong because of um, because the law says it is, or is it, or is it just not wrong? As in, countries go to war and they kill loads more people than a serial killer would ever kill. Um, but somehow the two are different. But they're just for the person that's the same because they're dead. I don't know. It's so weird. That's a it's nice in, note to be getting ready to end on. Huh? <laughs> it's, uh, it's just in, it, it's interesting how there was this explosion in the states of serial killers in that period from the sixties, probably through to the eighties, and what the link might have been to to say the the Second World War. You know, uh, maybe damaged fathers coming back from the war, mentally damaged fathers, I don't know, you know, maybe that playing a part in their upbringing. But Australia's pretty grim as well. I mean, Australia, it's, inc you look at uh, the states and you look at Australia, two huge countries, mm. the difference being that the Americans were able to build America. You, your land was a bit friendlier, you could build on it. Yeah. But Australia is a pretty harsh climate, isn't it? Yeah. Have I you been to Australia? Got, I've never no, been but they've not got too many cities. But I'll tell you what, I don't mind a true crime podcast, but I try and steer clear of the Australian ones because they are grim. As soon as you hear the word bush, you yeah. know it's going to be something horrendous. It's, um, 
I mean, you can drive around there for days and just not see anybody. That's, we, we're, we're living in the 21st century. It should not be possible to do that in any country. You know, you ought to be seeing lots of people every no, day if you're no. in a car. I try to go to places where you don't run into lots of people. Even in this country, you can go to places where you don't run into lots of people. Uh, just a comment from Mark in the uh, chat. He says that um, he's much more likely to be in front of a computer on a Thursday afternoon slash night. Uh, than a Friday, which makes sense. He, I think he also says that his wife handles the DIY. Oh yeah, <laughs> well the same here. Handy. I don't, I don't, I don't dig, I don't dig around. I don't mess around with any DIY. That's just not my thing. But is it know. because because I was having this this um, this discussion today with the podcast, who understandably says that it's a huge advantage if you're able to fix something yourself. I completely agree. I would dispute, and I'm not saying that she said it, but I would dispute that every man likes DIY. I do think there are guys who genuinely don't enjoy it. I do. I'm, I'm one, one of them, I'm but, one but, of but them I, I, I try to, I try to, I try to do it to, to, to try and save myself money, but I hate mm. doing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big fan. I mean, I, I mean, I'm capable and can do some stuff if I have to, but it's just, yeah, it's just not my thing. Like I had a friend that that was his life. He, he, whenever I would go over to his house, he was he would just knock walls out so he could rebuild them because oh, this wall is, you know, a half an inch out of place, and that would give him an excuse to knock the whole wall out, rebuild it. And he was always ripping stuff apart and building things. And the same with cars. I mean, he just loved it. But for me, it's just you know, I'll do it if I have to. Um, but it's, I definitely don't get any enjoyment out of it. Um, I'm surprised though, because you're missing a real opportunity, particularly in the summer, to to clench the guns, to to show off the guns. You know, you well, you're lifting the a hammer, for. you're tensing the arm. That's what <laughs> what's the for beer, the beer. Ah, oh, you know, just sucking down the brewskis. That's what those are for. If you want to show off the guns. Not doing any DIY. I do like cutting the grass. I must say, grass. I'm all right with. I like doing that, but I don't think that's DIY. That's just. I think Bodhi bought a. Bodhi told me he bought a loan, uh, a loan, a lawnmower <laughs> this week, an electric lawnmower. I think so. Maybe he's got a thing about cutting the grass as well. Yeah. No, I, I do dig. Mark says uh, he doesn't have the patience. That's probably part of my thing as well. So um, his wife's a kindergarten teacher, so she has the patience. That's probably my one of my big things. Like especially like when you're doing stuff in a car, something that should take, you know, it looks like it should take ten minutes, ends up taking an hour, hour and a half because you know something, it's not quite right. Or you can't get your hand here, or ah, oh, no, just like ah, oh, come on, man, who's got time for this kind of stuff? Life's way too short to be messing around with that kind of thing. You know, I don't know, just never been my thing. My dad was into it, which is you know odd because I mean he loved. I mean, he was the man around making stuff and customizing things and cutting up stuff. And but did he try to force that on you? He didn't try and force, but he used to get me to help. And um, but again, I didn't. I didn't show any interest or inclination um, in it uh, on that. And now um, he's also an artist, like drawing and stuff like that, which that came easy to me, drawing and things like that. So I've done. Yeah, I saw your Saturday night art thing while the Champions League final was going on there. There was your flicking two fingers up to the biggest uh, football event in Europe. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think you, yeah, I saw your portrait. or Well, here's the secret, and I'll let you guys in on it. 
is just as you hear is that you know there was an article well before this article came out i was what we were planning on doing is and this is because all sorts of crazy stuff can happen in modern art is we're going to create a fake persona on instagram and give a, a story with some art artists and you know give it the whole sort of fancy story that these modern artists give things and we're gonna just and that picture was made just with cat hair by the way that picture you've seen oh no you shouldn't have told me that yeah <laughs> so I well used... the picture the picture of the guy with the kind of clown like yeah, features that's all cat hair yeah but that's what that's the the deal we we just because we know we brush the cats and stuff so we got all this accumulated cat hair i've been keeping it in a bag um, and so we're going to make paintings just with cat hair and then have this big old elaborate story around something or other because there was an article last week or, or just the week before last somebody sold an invisible sculpture for eighteen thousand dollars me the cat come on you know come on really like what how how is something like that possible? Do you know, that's just, uh, I mean, a dude just you know, obviously has tons of money and $18,000 meant nothing to him and just the novelty of getting written up that he bought the first invisible sculpture. But the artist that decided to, you know, I'm an artist um, and I made this sculpture here, but you can't see it, him being able to sell that. <laughs> Who buys that? Exactly. Who and yeah, okay, a couple of dollars just for fun to hear. But $18,000, he bought this invisible, you know. Now, I would be okay if it was invisible, but you could you hit it and you physically knock something. You know, like, you know, when you see an invisible girl or whatever, uh, or the invisible man even, and you put something over him, you know, he's got a solid mass. Um, But the fact that it's just nothing. <laughs> hey, so, do you Sorry, do you remember, yeah. just jumping in there, do you remember the Invisible Man in the 70s, the TV series, the American one? Yeah, it was yeah. David McCallum first. I was thinking it. I, liked it. I used to like the Invisible but, Man. That was one uh, of the superpowers I would, would, wouldn't mind having. And he used to have a weird thing because he couldn't return, could he? So he he had his features that he could fold around and place them over himself so he could he would put his head on, you know, pull it on. Yeah and his arms and everything. But then the guy, I don't know if you remember, the guy that followed him was a guy who could become invisible through his digital watch. He would press a button and disappear. That seemed a hell of a lot more convenient. <laughs> that, which invisibility would you have preferred? I think that, that, that one seemed a bit easier. David McCallum, I mean, that was... That'd be too much. He was invisible, but there was a lot of work involved. Yeah, no, I want the one where it's like chameleon skin. You just can do it and you change invisible it's got to be something like that and what kind of invisible man would you have been a voyeur would you have done all the all the all the dirty stuff that, that people Not might the dirty expect stuff, from a but red-blooded male it be now i'm more interested to to be able to see people in their natural self when they don't know that they have an audience kind of thing so you'd be in a, you'd be walking into a, a room and people would be talking about you. Say that yeah. guy does too much radio. He, he does a no, show every like, night. Dude, dude, it's always in his guns. shows. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's 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 what I would, for me. That's what it would be. Always invisible, just to see people at their truest self. I guess when they aren't having to put on their mask. 
as painful as it is, Fear's song, um, the Badman song, which is was written at the height of their fame in 85 when they were touring the States. And Roland Orzabal, who was the chief songwriter, was in his hotel room with someone else from the band. And they were starting to be a big divide in the band. The hotel walls were thin and he could hear the rest of the band in the next room destroying his character. And that's what the song is about. He got a great song out of it, but it is painful to listen to. Yeah, that's pretty bad, isn't it? It's, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's bad. All right, so what do you got coming up tomorrow weekend? you doing anything particular? Tomorrow, well, actually, I've got to check the weather. Tomorrow, I think I'm just going to down tools because it's been a trying week. Um, possibly have to run one or two errands for my aunt, and that's it. Next week will be uh, another trying week, so I'm just going to try and enjoy, try and enjoy tomorrow, you know, switch off. Switch off. I got to learn how to do that. I'm not big man for switching off stuff. Um, but tomorrow I got to get a bunch of admin stuff done. I think that's one of the things. And I was thinking about this, you know, we we're talking about returning back to normal and going into this office building. And um, the thing is, is this, when you work, when we're all doing this remote stuff, you know, you're here in your space, and you don't have the, the commute time is a, eats a lot of time you know the the time it takes to get ready iron in your clothes lunch all that sort of stuff then you got to drive in that's a big chunk of time on both ends um, and i think that's a bit that gets missed and why people maybe aren't all that interested in going back to working in the office because it's like yeah you lose a lot of time um just in the whole sort of commute bit uh, monica says that's art for you oh yes and you Monica studying art. You, you she's going into that world. So you you can probably help me out then. Help me to create my little persona for my cat cat hair pictures. If Are you Lola, sure that was cat hair picture? Uh, that, cat that hair. Is, that picture that I'm all, talking about. Yeah, the blue bluish kind of red thingy. My latest picture I posted up. It's all cat hair. I'm gonna have a look at it. I'm talking about the one on Saturday night, which yeah. was like a clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda. That's all cat hair. Uh, if lo, if the low low low. The donkey painted in Paris in 1910, and we know about him. Your cat has a chance. All right, cool. Yeah, so it's on Instagram, that picture. I don't know if we can. Is it? Is it that one? I'm just holding it up to yeah, the webcam. Really? Yeah. That's, that's all, cat hair. That's all cat hair. And what, are you just pulling this hair off your cat as it's walking by? No, well, we brush the cat, and then okay. you get, uh, you know, you get a, you know, you pull the hair out of the, the thing. So I used... Um, that one was done with, well, acrylics and some watercolor in it as well. Um, I can't see. Um, well, I mean, I can see. Well, I did some... do it out. So the outline, the black, dark outline um, mm. is marker. Okay. Yeah, so the outline. So I forgot I did outline it. And how is the cat hair stuck on? Just glue? No. I, I use it as a paintbrush. The, the oh, I thought uh, you were using no. this is me. Oh, this is why I'm confused. Uh, okay, I thought the yeah. picture was. I thought it was made from cat hair. The actual no, picture. No, no, Not no. The brush. It's made with cat hair. Okay. What's and what's the idea behind that? Well, I didn't. You listen to my whole art story. We're gonna, you know, make a yeah, whole thing. Yeah, no, I thing. get that. Yeah. But but I thought I thought the the thing that marked it out was you were drawing 
pictures that featured cat hair, real cat hair, which I just well, the, found really the other, odd. The, the picture underneath the one in that picture there, that one has the bits of the cat hair came off, so it's got cat hair on it. Because um, I think in that one I used more watercolor, um, and in the water and stuff was just pulling the cat hair and sticking and stuff. But So you got actually physical feature of the cat hair on the picture that's underneath that, which I don't think you can see no you can't see that one it's in the top corner somewhere um but yes that's it there we go so monica might be able to help me to create a persona so and i'll cut you in on a deal you can be my yeah, i'll cut you in i won't i won't i won't be greedy not like daniel daniel probably would not give i'm still that. waiting for the love the glove t-shirts <laughs> to be released yeah i gotta get back on to uh doing that i just got the design done but i haven't put it in the shop yet because um, I wasn't sure about the design 100% yet um, in a way. But it looked all right, but still wasn't wasn't completely sold on the design personally. Hence why there isn't a love the glove out just yet. All right, man, listen, we got to play your one song for you, and then we're definitely going to go because um, you thought you were requesting this song. I think that's got to be one of my favorite uh, songs of theirs, is that particular track. So that's why I wanted to yeah, be on, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's a really good song. Yeah. Great voice that guy's got. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Again, I think uh, just very quickly on what yeah. we were talking about earlier, that's a band that maybe 20 years ago might have been even better known. I know they're well-known, but they would have been really, really well-known, yeah. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. That's all good. Um, Monica, if you happy to show you the design uh i don't know if you're on twitter you can dm me or uh whatsapp me daniel can give you my number um uh, and yeah we could swap swap design this is the, the george costanza worlds collide thing across oh, is it? pollination of, of friends yes it's, ah, it's a world this, this is a man who's got enough friends <laughs> too many friends ah <laughs> uh, oh. Uh, Mark says that's probably the only Kings of Leon song that uh, he enjoys. Um, well, cool, yeah. I mean, that's a good. It's a good track. It's a, a decent song to just kind of uh, get lost in. So I do dig it. But anyway, yeah, Monica, DM me on some way or another. Design will be shared, even though worlds are colliding in terms of Daniel's world. Colliding. Not like I have a lot, a, a, a lot of friends to go around, but the it's few I have, he's coming for them. He's just collide, guy, baby, just collide. bleed him into my life. Yeah, you know what the hell? I'm going to be you soon. You know, you're like one of those one of those kids who sees another kid these days. Oh, what's your number? They they've met for ten minutes. What's your number? Give me your number. I'll have it. You know, that should be a big moment. That's a big well, moment for me to make friends days. with someone. It's not these days. It's like normally it'd be, oh yeah, Facebook me or tweet me yeah. or whatever. It's that kind of thing. That's just the the days. That's how it is now. And then WhatsApp me is uh, is the other phrase now. It's like yeah, WhatsApp me. Are you WhatsApping or you're Telegramming or you're signaling? What are you doing um, now? I just I'm just on the WhatsApp because I don't. I mean I've I'm on all of them, but I primarily use WhatsApp. Um, and I know a lot of people switch to Signal, but I just ain't got time for Signal or Telegram or Viper, which I still have. Um, so it's just WhatsApp, man. I don't care about 
the fact that Zuckerberg's stealing all my data. What the hell? <laughs> Who cares? Everybody else is it's just there, man. Just like shit here. Who cares? Zuckerberg's going to be looking at your data tonight. So look at that. He's, he's, he's DMing Daniel's, one of Daniel's three friends. Yeah. He's already in there. I'm probably going to be now getting all of your uh, stuff that he messaged you. because oh, he must be kind of like Daniel. So here, let me put this in his news feed. I suppose yeah. that's the only sort of danger of it, isn't it? Is your, uh, the algorithm start to tell a different story. I would love, and we're never going to end this show, but I would love to see what the algorithms know about me. Like, I want to see me through the alg- algorithm. You know what I mean? Because they say that the algorithm probably knows you better than you know yourself. So I would like to see uh, my algorithm and what does it show and say and the picture that it builds of me. Steroids. Creatine. Muscular bottom. But some botox, botox again yeah you talked about botox like three times this <laughs> botox, tonight. yes i have yeah. 